I stand here and think about what he has done. I start counting my blessings one by one. I do not deserve all that he's done for me, but I'll praise him forever through eternity. And I am amazed that he'd take the time to give me such blessings and fill up my life. God is so good, I cannot express how thankful I am. I am so blessed. time to give me such blessings and fill up my life. God is so good, I cannot express how thankful I am. I am so blessed. So often I stumble as I turn you this way, but His mercies are new every sufficient for every trial. He amazes me more and more every month. He gave me his word in his precious old book. He speaks to my heart every time that I look. He loves me and helps me when tempted to sin. Through Christ my Lord over Satan I win. blessings and fill up my life. God is so good, I cannot express how thankful I am. And I am amazed that he'd take the time to give me such blessings and fill up my life. God is so good, I cannot express how thankful I am. I am so blessed. this one for just a moment till I get this on, but take your Bible, turn over to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. This uh, time uh, being as short as it is, I, I want to look at this passage. I, I was thinking about uh, just some of the testimonies and then that song. I thought to myself, wow, you know, I mean, you can just open the Bible and go anywhere, right? I mean, it's just like, Wow, he's just been so good to us. And so here we are in Colossians chapter 3 tonight for just a few moments. I want to begin reading in verse 1. I want to read through verse 4, okay? Uh, we might even read through verse 5 just for a moment. But notice what it says, Colossians chapter 3. Put that on. All right, I think I'm ready now. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above 
where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And he goes on to say in verse 5, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. And he goes on to express what that means a little bit. Now, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we come to you. We just ask that you'd speak to our hearts in these next few moments. May you, Father, just uh, remind us of some simple truths. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. For every testimony that was shared tonight, I'm sure there are 10 others that could have been shared. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for just a grateful people. We ask that you'll now work tonight in our hearts. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and put your words in my mouth. You know I have nothing to say except you give it me. I'll thank you and praise you for it in Christ's name. Amen. I want to entitle this little message tonight, If. If. Notice he starts off by saying, If ye then be risen with Christ. If I would say, what does that mean? What's he getting at there in the passage? If ye, if ye then be risen with Christ. I think it's pretty obvious uh, that, that we understand that when we received and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, we, as according to uh, Romans chapter 6, we died with him, right? Look, if you would, in chapter 6, verse 4, real quick. Let's just look at that and just take a, a quick look at Romans chapter 6. And, and let's look at verse 4. It's pretty, pretty uh, simple but very powerful passage. Notice it says here in chapter 6 of the book of Romans now, verse 4, it says, Therefore we are buried with him, chapter 6, verse 4, the book of Romans, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So I think it's pretty clear that as we go back to the book of Colossians, if ye then be risen with Christ, we died with him and we rose again to walk in newness of life. So if you're saved today, the passage is referring to you. It's talking to you. But here's the thing. There's this word that starts the, the whole passage off. If. If you haven't been, then the rest of this doesn't really apply to you, really. But if you have, then notice what he goes on to say. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. And we hear all these wonderful testimonies, and boy, that's encouraging. The reason why we have these testimonies is because we serve a God who has risen again, who is seated at the right end of the Father, who is capable and able to overcome, help us to overcome all obstacles in this life. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And, and we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. And if ye then be risen with Christ, he says, listen, seek those things which are above. Don't keep your focus, your eyesight on the things of this world. Don't allow your, your direction to be down, but let it be up. Keep your eyes on Jesus Christ, the very one who, uh, you, you know, you rose with Christ, if you will, you, you, that saved your soul. He's the one that we have to continue to keep our eyes on if we truly want victory in this life. He says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. There he is. Do you see him tonight? As you look, and look for the Lord, do you see him? 
The thing is, is that Christ is not real to us at times. You know, we read the Word of God and we, we even memorize it, but we don't really receive it unto ourselves. We don't internalize it personally. But the fact is today is if ye then be risen with Christ, if you're saved today, then keep your eyes, he says, looking above. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. We ought to see him. We got to see him there. It's got to be real in our lives. He's got to be real. And then he goes on to say, not only there to, you know, uh, seek those things which are above, but he says, set your affection on things above. You know, man, I mean, our hearts have to be in tune with him. We have to want those things, uh, 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 heavenly things, those spiritual things, those things we cannot see. Not the things we can. Those things that we can see are temporal, but the things we can't see are eternal. And that's, those are the things that God is encouraging us as believers to focus on. And he's saying, yeah, listen, if you are a child of God, if you've been risen with Christ, then, then you need to understand. You need to seek those things which are above. You need to set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. How many times do we get discouraged? We get down because we, our focus is on the things that we're facing and dealing with right now. And may I say, I understand that. I mean, as a human being, there is no doubt that circumstances can really wreck and ruin our day. You have a bad day? Yeah, we've had a few bad ones here and there. And if you live any life at all, you're going to have those. But God is telling us, he says, if. If you've been saved, then he says, listen, you need to seek those things which are above. If you've been saved then you need to set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. You can't allow yourself to be consumed with what's taking place here. you got to be focused on what's going on there. And you say, but I, I'm struggling with that. I know, and if you're struggling with that, then you are warring probably with discouragement. You're warring with frustration. You're warring with maybe even uh, being depressed because you're focused on the things of this world. And as a believer, this is not your home. You're just passing through. You don't fit here anymore. You don't, you don't belong here anymore. And so you can't focus your attention on this and think this is going to fulfill your longing and your desires. This world can't do it. You better set your affection on things above. you got to make sure your heart's in tune with God. It can't be just about the world. Well, okay, I'm telling you. He says, if. Have you been saved? Because if you have, then you've been then you're risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above. Set your affections on things above. Why? Because you're dead. Because you're dead. I mean, this is a, a principle that we don't speak, of, speak too often. This is one of those, those areas that we don't address that often. Uh, dying with Christ. And, and, you know, we'll read about it. Like, say, in Romans 6, we read about it. But the truth is, is that he, he lets us know that, that when we come to Christ, we are dead in Christ. And I mean, it, it's just like you say, if we've been buried with him by the baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. He said, I mean, now, verse 8, now if we be dead with Christ, Romans 6, 8, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Again, are you dead? You died. If you came to Christ, you died already. You've already died. And this is a concept that we have to grasp. 
that's one of the areas that's so difficult to understand because we have the same desire. We feel like we might be the same person, but we are not. We are new creatures in Christ. You died the day you came to him. If you rose with Christ, you need to seek those things which are above. You need to set your affections on things above because you are dead and your life is hid in Christ. Uh, Your life is hid, I should say, with Christ in God. You died with him, right? And he's in God and you're in Christ and therefore you're in God too. You're dead. You say, well, what does that mean? I guess, I guess it could mean this. It could mean that there should be no reason why we could get offended. I mean, if we're dead, how can you be offended? You know, I, I remember the story, and I've told it a few times probably, but I still remember uh, Brother Bobby Robertson was with, um, uh, who's the guy that used to fly the airplane? And, um, Pastor Roloff, yeah, Pastor Roloff. He was uh, in a conference or something, and they were getting an opportunity to hang out together and to spend time together, and Brother Robertson and him were kind of cutting up, and, and uh, of course, he was Brother Rob- Bobby Robertson's elder at the time, and uh, all of a sudden, Brother Robertson said something that kind of cut him at his own heart. He felt like he had offended this giant in the faith. He felt like Lester Roth would certainly be upset. Man, I shouldn't have said what I said. I was joking around, but... I shouldn't have probably said that to him. I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have done that. And he went to Lester Roloff at the hotel and he said, Brother Roloff, uh, listen, I, I, I have to apologize. And Brother Roloff said, apologize for what? Well, you know, we were kind of cutting up earlier and joking around. I said some things and I felt really bad. I felt, I, I just want to apologize and, and ask your forgiveness if I offended you. And Brother Roloff said, well, Brother Bobby, I appreciate that, but if I'm dead, he said, you can't offend me, I'm dead. You can't offend me, Brother Bobby, I'm dead. And you say, that's weird. No, it's biblical. He said, now, honestly, you didn't offend me in that sense. It didn't bother me, but if you could have, that would have been my fault because I'm supposed to be dead. You know, every time somebody offends us, we want to blame the person. We want to get in their face. Hey, if he wouldn't have said that or if she wouldn't have said that, if they wouldn't have looked at me that way, if they wouldn't have done that. But the truth is, it's our fault if we're believers because we're supposed to be dead. If, if ye then be risen with Christ, if you're a child of God, if you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, then seek those things which are above. Set your affections on things above. Recognize and realize you are dead. and Your life is hid with Christ and God. And he goes on to say, when Christ, who is our life. If you've been saved. If you've trusted Christ. If you know him as Redeemer, Lord, and Savior. Then guess what? He is supposed to be your life. My life. Notice when Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Who is our life? You know, we go right past words like this as we read our Bibles. But notice this, he's our life. The Apostle Paul writing to the church at Colossae says, listen. He says, when Christ, who is our life. 
He's not just a piece or a part. He is our life. Now listen, I, I'm all about, I am all about family. I love family. And I, I, I love my wife and I love my kids and, 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 and I love my parents and my siblings and everybody else. Get it? You get it, right? But I'm going to tell you something. They aren't my life. You know who's my life? Jesus. Now listen, I know that sounds weird and people say, that's crazy. It's biblical. Now there'll be a day, there will be a day when that'll be tested. There'll be a day when that's tested. One day my wife won't be here. We'll see if preacher meant it. One day one of my kids may not be here. We'll, we'll see if preacher meant it. I'm afraid to even say things like that to some degree, but let me tell you something. God's got it all figured out, but I promise you this. We ought to, in our lives, honestly seek to make Christ our life, not just a part of our life, but our life, if we've been saved, if we've come to Jesus Christ, if We are falling apart in Christianity today. We are emotionally unstable, just like the world in so many cases. I'm convinced it's because we haven't set our affections on things above. Because we are struggling with focusing on things above. We're having a hard time dying to self and to this flesh, and to the world in which we live. As a result of that, he's not our life. Listen, there's no way. I mean, pray for the Evies. Going through the loss of a mother for Dan and, and a grandmother for Travis. Listen, that's not easy, especially this time of year. And many of you know what that's about. You've experienced it, and it's a gut-wrenching. But there's hope. There's still hope. Not only is she today with the Lord Jesus Christ, but he is with them. I've spoken to Mrs. Eby on a number of occasions, and I can guarantee you this. She wants her family to live. She wants her family to appreciate the Lord Jesus. She lived her life for him. So many of you didn't get to know her because she didn't attend our church. But I got to know her. And I, I, I mean, I didn't get to know her like a lot of people did, but I got to know her enough to know that lady loved the Lord. And I'm just saying, we've got to get to the place where he's our life. Notice, if. If we've been saved, then he's to be our life. And he says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And he goes on to say, mortify therefore your members. Man, we are a, a blessed people. So blessed. If we've been saved, if. Seek those things which are above. Set your affections on things above. Remember, you're dead. And your life is hid 
with Christ in God. And understand that He is to be our life. He is our life. Is there anyone more important than God, the Lord Jesus Christ, in your life? I love the testimony from Jessica. The miracle that God did in her daddy's life. Miracle. God did a miracle in my dad's life. I mean, I, 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 I know God was in all that. And I'm grateful for that. But here's the thing. No one should be more important to me than him. And if, if there, there is somebody more important to me than him, it's me that's wrong. Me. Because he should be my life. He allows me to share this life with so many other wonderful people. He gives me the privilege and the pleasure of having a wife and family and parents that are wonderful. And I've had brothers that are great. And man, I'm going to tell you, I've been blessed beyond imagination. However, I have none of it without him. None of it without him. I lost a brother this year. I'd have never had him as a brother without him. I saw a picture of Jeff today. Just a young 15-year-old probably. And I thought, that's what life's relegated to, a picture. We're going to live this life, and it's going to be over. But he'll always be there. Amen. This will all go away, but he won't. Amen. Let's let our life be in Christ. Yes, love those things God's put around you. Cherish them with all your heart. He'd want you to do that. But don't, don't replace him with something he's given you. Let him be your life. If you know Christ your Savior, let him be your life. Be grateful for the things he's given you. But never, ever, please don't, and I'm preaching to me, substitute him for someone or something else. Father, we come to you. We thank you again for the many blessings you bestowed upon us. Thank you for the, the fact that we've been saved, many of us in this room, if not all, and we are thankful for the many blessings you bestowed upon us. Boy, this year alone, Lord, we've seen loss. Lord, our hearts are heavy and they break as we think about those that have gone ahead. We think of Sue and we think of Johnny and we Think of so many others, Lord, that we could point to along the way over the last few years. And it's just, Lord, it's hard to wrap our minds around it. But yet, Lord, you're always there for us. And you gave them to us and allowed us to enjoy them. And we just love you for that. It would, it's not, we don't want to get hard-hearted or bitter. No, we just want to be thankful. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Father. We need you. 
May we forever be grateful. In Christ's name we pray. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every